Welcome to the Healing Circle podcast, where we talk about everything mental health, faith, and relationships. Though this show is hosted by a licensed therapist, that's me, Kobe, I am not your therapist. These amazing conversations are meant to provide psychoeducation and start some good conversation, but they're not meant to be a substitute for real therapy services. We're excited to learn, grow, and talk with you guys. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone. I'm not going <laughs> to do it again. Kyle. I'm just going to wait for you to get out of your system. Hello everyone. I'm Kobe. I'm Kyle. And welcome back to the Healing Circle podcast. Yay. Yay. So you guys, we are taking another small break from the reparenting series because it's a lot. It's a lot of information. It's a lot to sift through. I would suggest listening to the episodes twice if you can want to or have the ability. Because I think sometimes in the moment when we listen to things, we see ourselves in everything. We see mm-hmm. a little bit of ourselves in everything, which is normal, right? Yeah. But my hope is that no one leaves being like, I need to repair it from enmeshment, from emotional constriction, from comparative <laughs> identity, from, you know, from the entire list of things. Um yeah. And sometimes there are more than one thing. And that, yeah. I mean, when I say healing's a journey, healing is a journey. And that's what we wanted to talk about today. Um, this was on my heart today. And so we wanted to just share some encouragement with you guys as you go about your week. So I'll start by sharing a little bit of my context. So I've been in therapy on and off, mostly on for, um, I think, almost nine years now. How old are you now? I'm 28. Oh, man. Yeah. You're so young. Um, yeah, it has been nine years. You're 28, Kyle. I'm... Shoot. But I'm like five months older than you. That five months really, really... It does something. It really shows up. day to day. You can tell by my maturity. I, oh, my gosh. You, and you can totally tell by the intro of every single week. Yeah. You can tell by that, too. Yeah. <laughs> You can see his face right now. Um, I've been in therapy for a while. And there comes a time where, okay, so I'll say this as a therapist. There are going to be seasons where you heal from different things. And the lie of the world and the lie of the enemy is that healing and healed is a destination. Mm -hmm. Really, it's a posture. Um, And... The world's going to tell you like, oh, you heal from this one thing. And then what's going to happen is you're going to have like incredible confidence. Like, well, let me coach you in this. Let me teach you in this. Let me tell you, because I heal from this. I recover from this. A couple months is going to go by, even a couple years. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to get to a point where you're like, oh, I see something else ringing its little head up. Yeah. Like think about it as like, what is it called? That, that, that the ground that we learned about in elementary school sedentary sedimentary sedi- mm-hmm. what is it called the layers of sediment yes the layers like that's what healing is like you can clear one layer but there are lots of layers mm. and then also what's not fun is a lot of the things that we've healed from or a lot of the things that we have a healed perspective from also 
let me define what healing is. Um, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. So healing is not forgetting your past pain. Healing is not remembering your past pain. Healing is recognizing how your past pain affects you. Recognizing the maladaptive traits, the the negative traits it's created, and doing the work to create those maladaptive traits into adaptive traits. Right. Yeah. So healing is about taking something that was a disadvantage and creating it as an advantage to your life and the perspective of life that you have. Yeah. Right. So for me, um, I am very performance work driven and oriented. Right. Healing for me has looked like taking that performance in some ways. Once I've processed the information, my performance desire has decreased. Mm. But taking what's left and saying, how can I, this, I apply this to my life in a way that reflects my values? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I, think, um, I think it's really helpful to, to paint it as a spectrum, not a, des- mm-hmm. not a destination, <laughs> to recognize like you will find yourself, like you said, um, three months, three years down, down the road being like, dang, bro, this is oh, this is still here. Mm. That's annoying. Let me jump back in really quick. So the reason why I wanted to define healing is because there are things that you will have healed from in the past that will reappear in the future because they have not yet intersected with future parts of yourself or future context. That right makes a lot of sense. You're making a lot of sense right now. Which is why it's a spectrum, which yeah. is why it's 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 a posture. It's it's ever present, right? Mm. Think about if you didn't grow up with a father, right? That affects you throughout your childhood, that affects you as you possibly get married, that mm-hmm. affects you if you decide to have children, but you're not thinking about how that might affect you and you're a grandparent. Yeah. Yep. And it may affect you when you become a grandparent, mm-hmm. right? But when we become like haughty and be like, oh, like I healed in my, I healed years ago. Like you need to heal. When we take this perspective of like, I've done the work and the work is completely done. Yeah. No, we're, we're always doing the work. It is always active and present because you never know what situation you're going to be in in the future yeah. that's going to reignite some of the parts of yourself that you did once heal. Yeah. And that isn't the gate that you healed, that you experienced healing, right? That yeah. isn't the gate that you did the work, which I think society can also say to us as well. Like, oh, see, you didn't really do the work, or I thought you said you were going to therapy. <laughs> well, that part of me had never anticipated nor encountered what I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. Some of us, in the name of Jesus, are going to be millionaires. And the abandonment issues that you experience as a child, when you get a sense of financial security that you thought would make you feel better, mm-hmm. you're going to realize that it may not and there may be situations there may be work situations familial situations there's like a whole world of of a lot of stuff has come up during the pandemic yeah it may be 10 years 20 30 years so we have another one you might find in the year 2057 when we got another pandemic um a whole bunch of stuff that you thought you were over comes ringing its head and i think that's part of the reason like if you ever meet um like alcoholics who have been Mm -hmm. in recovery for 20 years one like they're very clear like i'm in recovery yeah they don't say i'm not an alcoholic anymore yeah and and they reference themselves as alcoholics yeah but they're in recovery so it's like yeah they're they're holding this this tension of like okay i've changed Mm -hmm. i've started to adapt i've i have healthy ways of managing whatever brought me to this point Mm -hmm. and yet it's a constant battle 
I, yeah. I don't I dare not become too like self-righteous lest I fall into a situation because it's still in me somewhere. It's still something I'm I'm yes. wrestling with. Like it's an active journey. Yep. And so what I was just going to say that I think you hit on is as much as we say like unlearning, unlearning is actually not possible for the brain. The brain Mm. just learns more, right? We're never really unlearning things. There's never something that our brain fully like is like, I no longer had to do Like We can't unlearn how to ride a bike, right? If you're like a a situation and a a lion's chasing you, you're going to know how to ride a bike. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Really, it's not about when you think about our neurological pathways, which are um, essentially like the paths and that make the connections that um, are the foundations for our actions, our thoughts, our feelings. Um, The muscle memory, the emotional mm -hmm. muscle memory, so to speak. Mm -hmm. When we think about those neurological pathways, you can't erase a neurological pathway, but you can create a new one. Right. Um, And you can repurpose the one that you do have. Right. And so. It, it is, we're always going to be healing, right? We're always going to be healing. That's where I wanted to start. We're always going to be healing. But I've been in therapy for a while and I have found myself in this cycle and I know that other people are finding themselves in this cycle um, of going to therapy for something that has been like really distressing me, getting to therapy and first being like, oh, this is so good. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm doing the work. I'm glad that this is, you know, I really needed this. And then probably four or five weeks in to like really digging deep into the work, I'm getting out of sessions and for the rest of the day and the week, I am I am on a thousand. <laughs> I am enraged. I'm angry. I'm irritable. I'm struggling to sleep. I'm sad. I'm having crying spells. I'm like feeling so deeply. I'm mad. These moments keep being rehearsed over and over my head. The moments that we're processing, mm-hmm. I'm just angry. Like I'm just mad at the world. Then... And all of the emotional pain that I'm enduring, I tell myself, maybe therapy's making me worse. <laughs> maybe something's wrong with me. I'm getting worse. Yeah. Maybe I need to take a break. The entire, if you don't get anything out of this podcast, get this. Do not take that break. As a clinician, as a person who's in therapy, who's gone through this, do not take that break. Because we love to say the only way over is through until we're actually experiencing the (laughs) muck and the dirt and the filth of what through looks like. Yeah. And for many of us, we haven't had space to truly grieve the ways that we weren't showed up for. We haven't had space to truly even recognize just how much we missed. Mm -hmm. How many of us had a situation in childhood that hurt us deeply and we felt like, Oh, like I know, yeah, the person said something that really hurt me. And it's not until you become an adult that you realize, like, it's almost like that moment unfolds and you get to see just how insidious such an action was. Yeah. It's not just that person was, you know, I, I remember walking with a couple of clients at different times through moments they remembered someone saying something negative to them as a child. Someone who loved them, someone who knew them, someone who cared about them deeply. I'm saying something really mean to them. And then, you know, they understood that was mean. It hurt my feelings. And then as this began to, from an adult perspective, look at the context in which it was said, look at the relationship in which they um, engaged with this person, it was almost like they were re-traumatized by being like, oh, that person was trying to hurt my confidence. Mm. 
That person was intentionally, I, I remember telling them that this specific thing hurt my feelings. That person was intentionally trying to hurt me. Right. And so it's not just, oh, this person hurt me and, and I need to heal from that. Sometimes going through traumas and processing them is yeah. coming to a realization that the thing that hurt us actually is more painful and is more harmful than yeah. we ever anticipated. So we get into this place where we're feeling it deeply. Part of healing is feeling all yeah. of the things that we we forsook in ourselves for so long. And you can only heal what you feel, right? So yeah. So I mean, part of what she's she's referring to is like, okay, you you only have a, a certain capacity to feel at any given moment. Like at least for someone like me, who you know, my whole my whole trauma narrative revolves around feeling and lack of feeling, deciding not to feel to protect myself, convincing myself that I wasn't feeling things because I was just numbing myself to what I was feeling. And so I, I have a unique perspective in my healing journey where I can only heal what I feel. And so as I've become more healed, I feel more and then I'm able to address what I'm feeling. And then that feel that healing brings the ability to feel, feel more more things. Yep. And so it's like I, the damn breaks. <laughs> no, really, it is like I'm the on damn this wheel going through the same, like just going deeper and deeper into the same three or four issues as long as it takes. Yeah, because part of my thing is like I just haven't let myself feel things, and mm -hmm. and I don't know how to until I do. So I'll I'll be driving down the street. Like literally driving in my car and start like crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? Don't even know yet. It may take mm. me, Kabe knows this. It may take me three, four, five, six weeks to figure out what I'm even like, what my, what my heart knows. My brain, it takes a while to even catch up. And then mm -hmm. I have to go through a process of being like, oh man, I realized like this moment, it affected more than I thought it affected. It cost me more than I thought it cost, yep. and it hurt way more than I was ever willing to admit, even though I thought I'd healed it two months ago, yeah, in, or two years ago. Oh, absolutely! I think that's a that's a perfect example. Thank you for sharing that. That's a perfect example because, and to think about how that relates to our time in therapy, the voice of the enemy, the voice of our fast um, results hurry up and be healed so you can appear wise world. Yeah, you got to start producing. Yeah, like as soon, like literally it's like as soon as you start healing, you need to start teaching on how to heal, you know? Mm -hmm. As soon as you start to get stuck in that healing cycle of feeling deeply, the healing cycle of feeling the rage that felt uncomfortable, looking out so much of healing is reconciling to parts of us that we've banished into the darkness. Yeah. The part of us that is so rageful that we would hurt somebody. Yep. The part of us that is so rageful that we have thought about hurting ourselves or another person. The part of us that is so rageful that we are afraid to even see ourselves, but we know is in there. Mm -hmm. That has to come into the light. Yeah. That has to be seen. And so what happens is we go to therapy and that part of ourselves starts to come out. And then we tell ourselves, therapy's not working. It's making yeah. me worse. It's making me worse. And this is where I want to encourage whoever is going, whoever is wrestling with that relationship with therapy, this is where I want to encourage you that therapy is work and it is a work that will that will cost you 
more than you want to pay and it will be heavier than you feel like you can carry. When you think about it, therapy is literally teaching your brain that everything that you've known about yourself and other people, not everything, but many things that you've known about yourself and other people just isn't true, right? It's teaching you that everything that you have hinged your life on is no longer reliable even when your body has memorized that, even when your brain has memorized that. Yeah. I um, I know that one of the things that all of this centers around is, I guess the best way to put it is, you never really know how deep the rabbit hole goes. And I think especially for people who have childhood trauma um, and and trauma that really like in some ways stunted parts of who they are. Like the healing journey is a lot of inviting that stunted part of you to the table. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like it gets to come out of the darkness as Kobe said and and sit Mm -hmm. in the light and be like a part of the family, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And like, if they're five or six or seven years old, what's going to happen is they're going to throw tantrums like a five or a six or a seven year old yep. and 27, 28 year old you is going to be embarrassed that they're mm-hmm. even at the table. Mm-hmm. And like part of what I know I've had to do is like be patient and and gracious towards the stunted parts of me and recognize mm-hmm. like they deserve a chance to grow up too. Yeah, and they deserve a voice. Yeah, they they and, need some like someone like I was hurt because no one stuck up for me. I spent my life not sticking up for people or only sticking up for people to the extent of uh, to the detriment of not sticking up for others. And um, so much of what I have to do is I have to make the decision that someone's going to be there for me. Mm-hmm. And that person is me. Yeah. Like it's not it's not on you know, anyone that hurt me in the past, it's not on Kobe. Like it's not on my son. Like I've got to be there for me. Mm. And that's, that's, that's hard because the me that I'm trying to be there for is like embarrassing, Mm. you know? And then the, the you that is trying to be there for the past version of you, I know this is true for me. Part of me is like, I shouldn't have to do this. Yeah. I didn't cause this. I shouldn't have to carry this burden. I like, it's not mine to carry. And I think that's where, to be honest, on my end, that's where lashing out can happen. Because mm. it's I like, I didn't break it. So why I got to fix it? And so it's like, yeah. you get over here and fix it. But it, it's just, it's a process where they can't. And that's, that's a hard part of relationships is that people can break something they can't fix. And like, we have to, that's why healing takes so much courage. We have to be willing to say, I am worth the energy and the effort of cleaning up a mess that I didn't make Mm. because that mess only affects me. Yeah. Rather that mess primarily affects me and can affect other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, as I am like, you know, being more consistent with my therapy, I'm realizing that every time I take a break, it's when I feel like, I'm a mom, I'm a business owner, we have a podcast, and like, I don't have the time to be this angry. And I really feel like the Holy Spirit's just like, Kobe, when will you have the time? 
when will you have the time to be this mad? You keep kicking the can down, you know, the road. You're, you're, it's never going to be convenient to heal. Yeah. It's never going to be convenient to make space for the rage or the sadness or the despair that has been pent up and needs to be released and let out. You're never going to, it's never, it's never going to be convenient. You're never going to want to do it. And so I think for me, I'm getting to a space where I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And part of me is like, I am, I went on a prayer walk with Makai earlier today and we just walked around and he ooh and me and called me Dada and I prayed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as I was walking with him, I was like, God, why am I going through this? I feel like I have just had such heavy moments this year and I'm trying and I'm doing all the things and, you know, why am I going through this? And my brother-in-law had shared that he got a word for me, like, hey, whatever you're going through right now in this season, whatever you're going through right now in this season, um, God is preparing you for the next season. And like the next season's not going to be a season of rest. It's going to be a season of like work, but like whatever's happening in this season, he's preparing you for that. So this is before I went on the prayer walk a couple of days before. So as I'm on the prayer walk, I'm asking God, like, why is this happening? Why is this going on? And clear as day, the Lord was like, I'm trying to teach you how to take care of yourself before you have to take care of yourself. And that like, I'm realizing mm. that's the way I live. Yeah. I hustle you go and until grind. It breaks down. Oh my gosh. I, I hustle and grind and I will wear that thing out until the wheels fall off, until the engine drops out, until the windows crack. I I will I will go I will go with so little. Oftentimes because I was that's what I was taught. Like I was taught in childhood, make it work. And in many of my relationships, like I had to learn how to make it work with so little. And so there's a part of me that's internalized the idea that like I'm not that that constant care for myself is a luxury and I don't deserve that. But for me to take care of myself when there's no other options, well then that's validated. Yeah. I can do that. You know, like why take care of myself when I don't have to take care of myself? No one else has done that. Like why why do I need to do that you know there's a part of me that wants to there's a part of me that like i also think a hard part of healing is is that there's a part of you that you see and you know in your spirit internally in your mind that you struggle to get out into the world that you struggle to get out into reality because as you try to do these things you you face these mental and emotional blocks these bouts of fear that show you just how big the distance is between where you are and where you want to be and i'm trying to build practices for myself for my home for my children but mostly honestly for myself where I am learning how to take care of myself because I deserve to be taken care of, because I'm precious, because I'm a royal diadem, because I'm a crown of splendor, because I'm the very image of God and not because I need it and there's no other option. So I say all this to say, for whoever is struggling with the 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 back and forth, the cycle of I'm going to go to therapy, but I'm feeling a little better. So let me save some money and not go anymore. Whoever's struggling with the, 
I can't really take care of myself unless it's like I absolutely need to. Like this is a sign from heaven to your ears to take care of yourself now. Don't wait until the world's on fire to go to therapy. Don't wait until the world's on fire to take care of yourself. Do not wait until you need to be cared for to start caring for yourself. Build build new systems, new neurological pathways, new patterns of showing up for yourself because you deserve to be shown up for now. And I know that going to therapy and having all that stuff brought up hurts and I know it's inefficient to the business you're trying to start and I know it's inefficient to the relationship you're in and I know it's inefficient to the goals you have I know it's inefficient to the children you're trying to be present with but there's no better time and it will never be convenient to heal it will never be convenient to heal from your deep wounds it will never be convenient to heal from the things that have broken your heart it will never be convenient to let the little girl or boy who that's been locked inside the dark corner of your heart out. It'll never be convenient. And so as someone who's doing this with you, I just want to urge you, take care of yourself. Go to therapy. Do the things for yourself now and every day that you would do for yourself if you were about to perform for somebody else. Yeah. And that's that on that. Um, thank you for sharing that, love. You're welcome. Yeah. Until the circle comes back around. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked our conversation, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so we can get the word of healing out to as many people as possible. Visit the show notes to stay up to date on our mental health workshops, yearly retreats, Oasis is bomb, and connect to us on social media. We'll chat with you guys soon until the circle comes back around.